When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Tracy Koga, and thanks for downloading this podcast from iLikeYou.com. If you can, give us a follow or subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at iLikeYou.com. Now, let's get started. Everyone, back again. Well, talking about cancel culture, I think uh, my technician is now going to cancel me. That's the second time that I did not have my mic on. So let's get right into the show. It is a busy day. My apologies. I guess I was just so distracted about all the guests. So let's open the doors to everyone and welcome all of our guests. Hello. Hi. Hi, Tina. Hi, Allie. Hi, Charlotte. Good to see you all. Uh, we're gonna have some more people coming in. I know that Jenny, Jenny B's here, our, our coffee. There she is, our coffee expert. I hope you have a cup of coffee in your hand, Jenny. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so right. So we're gonna have some more people joining. Susie's gonna join us a little bit later and Natalie Bell. Uh, Charlotte, is Robin gonna join, uh, join us today? Good, good. And, and Kirsten? I, I'm not sure about, I think so. I know Robin is planning on it, so. Yeah, and it's so good to see you, Tina. It's been a long time. <laughs> How's everything been for you? I, well, I guess not, not a lot has changed as far, <laughs> as, far as, you know, our lives during COVID, but uh, no, everything's good though? Everything is good. Yeah, it seems like it's been a long time since I've been able to join all of you. So I'm really excited to, uh, yeah, to be here with everyone today and to see you all again. Oh, yeah, and I know that you have to leave, so. And Ali, you can stick around though. Your time is pretty good. I know you've been busy with Upside Down Tree and you got a lot to talk about. And, and you've been doing well, Ali? I've been doing well. Yeah, absolutely. Good. I mean, I, it's, it's so nice to see all of you and just have this little interaction. I was super excited too, to be able to get back on and see all your faces, so. Oh, good. And say hi to Carmen too. Kid thinks going well. Absolutely. We are doing terrific and they are just up and onwards as per usual. So everything is yeah. doing fantastic. Uh, you know what? Good news. It's nice to hear. Good to hear. It and is. Why, and why the furrowed brow, Rana? <laughs> I caught you. <laughs> You're on mute, which is really good. <laughs> Unmute yourself. Oh, I just, I saw something pop in the corner of my, hi everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and good Hi. to see you. Good to see you, Linda, as always. And uh, and just you know, our brand new edition of Hewitt Home will be out on Thursday. And I want all of you to tune in because Linda has a really good listen uh, lesson to teach us all about homelessness. And you know what we've gone through with this whole 
polar vortex and all the people that have been on the streets. It's been really, really tough. But the good news is, is that it's going to warm up. It's supposed to be plus three next Monday. So nice. fingers crossed. But thank you, Linda. Always, always so good to hear from you. Oh, and Maria. Hello, Maria. Everybody, do you remember Maria? Now, she's the one that, uh, you know, she's got this amazing line of underwear. And we shouldn't just say underwear so quietly because <laughs> you want to scream it out. Carol Kia. And uh, yeah, it's so great to have you here, Maria. Um, wonderful to see you. Everything's been going well. Yes, it's uh, we've launched our website uh, almost two months ago. Yeah. And uh, we've also just got replenished or we got new stock of the plus sizes. So that's exciting. We're now able to offer sizes from extra small to 3X. Wow. So I'll get her to explain a little bit more in the show about her underwear, but they are simply amazing. So ladies, you got to go to the website, carolkia.ca. Incredible. So I am going to start, and I know that there's going to be a black box. And I will just say this only once. This is my lovely friend, Sharon, who... She wants to be anonymous because she's a little shy, but you know, she really wants to eventually join into our conversation because she is one amazing lady. But Sharon, you can just sit and watch. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to start with Tina because Tina does have to leave. And I want to now, and correct me if I'm wrong, Tina, because I've heard you're not supposed to say Happy New Year, Chinese New Year, or is it say happy year of the ox? Fill us in because you know what? You are the politically correct person to go to with all things <laughs> like this. Well, I should probably, you know, begin anything I say by just, you know, letting everyone know that I really only learned to speak Chinese as, you know, a university student. So, um, and my family did not really grow up celebrating Chinese New Year or the Lunar New Year. Um, you know, I have some recollection of my parents going out every once in a while, but it wasn't really centrally part of my life till I moved to Winnipeg. So, um, where I've become more involved in the Chinese community. And I think, you know, those of you who I've been on here, on here before, um, you know, I do research in Chinese history and Chinese culture. So a, a lot of it is learned. <laughs> and I always tell people the story of, I actually had no full understanding of how important the Lunar New Year was to China until I first went to China. I was a I was, this is probably an embarrassing story to share. Um, I was already a PhD student. I was going off to do research for a year. I had spent some time first in Hong Kong doing research. And then I just looked at the calendar and was like, great, I think I'm wrapped up here in Hong Kong. I should go to, you know, I'm gonna make my way over to Beijing now. And I scheduled it and I was ready to go. And then friends who were helping me were like, what are you thinking? It's Lunar New Year, nothing's open. And I was like, oh yeah, no, that's okay. I'll give me a few days to settle in. And they're like, no, it's closed for three weeks. Do you not? And they were like, do you not understand? And then they started saying, man, how did you even get a flight at that time? And I was like, I don't know. So, so you know, this is something I learned. Um, generally, in when we talk about the Lunar New Year, we often um, use phrases that are more about health and prosperity. So um, a lot of you probably are familiar with Gongke Fa Choi in Cantonese or Gongxi Fa Tsai in Mandarin. Um, one of the other phrases that's almost always shared um, is Shin Kong. And I find myself using this much more this year because it really just is a wish for health, for good health. And it feels like when we're shifting to a new year that more than thinking about our prosperity or all these wishes for gold coins and things, um, I feel like the wish for health 
is the best one that you can make right now. So that is the one that I've been using more. Um, it's usually seen in couplets. So, um, and when we translate often people still say happy new year. Um, I think in the Chinese community this year and I think more broadly, one of the things that I'm being really conscious about and I um, is really reflecting on how we talk about a lunar new year rather than a shorthand for Chinese new year and really acknowledging that the lunar new year is celebrated um, across Asia by many Asian communities. It's equally as important um, in Vietnam and South Korea as it is to Chinese communities in China and to really reflect on the differences of those and you know they are significant. Some have a three-day celebration one summer a week in um, in China. It's a two to two, well, it's three weeks usually the week leading up, and then two weeks for the Lunar New Year. So that it all has different meaning, but you know, family and coming together is one of the main parts of it. So, and wow. and it I'm is sure you'll all be happy. Oh, I was going to say, Tracy, I'm sure everyone will be happy to know too. The Year of the Rat was really all about being one of constant change. And the ox that we have now moved into is said to be much more slow moving, um, kind of premised on hard work, positivity, um, and just kind of being grounded. And so I think that is a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. Well, that's, yeah, thank you for that. And um, let's talk now about the big event that's happening. It, it sounds amazing. And yes, it is virtual, but it, you know, it, it's like pivoting and, and whatever. We learned to change as a rat last year. So, so now we're just moving and plodding ahead like an ox. But uh, the virtual event, it sounds incredible. So let's Yeah, so that. hopefully some of you will be able to join us. We, you know, normally there would be numerous banquets. Usually by this point, I probably would feel a little banqueted out. Um, and we would have been celebrating and eating together um, because that's such a central part and every food you know, has a meaning to it. But without being able to gather in person, what we've done um, with the Winnipeg Chinese Cultural and Community Center and the Winnipeg Chinatown Development Corporation is come up with a, a virtual banquet. So um, tickets are at wccc.ca. Really, it's you can order the food. You can either order the food through Kumkun, where we would normally banquet, um, and pick it up, or you could order from your favorite restaurant and just attend the live virtual banquet. We've done our best to try and bring in all the parts that we normally would. So Downtown Biz will be there to unveil the Chinatown banner. We'll be talking about Canada Post. Some of you might know, always does a stamp for the um, Lunar New Year. They don't have one this year because they're wrapping it up, but we get to see a retrospective. Um, you know, we'll have greetings, lucky draws, because that's always a huge part of the fun part. Um, and if I do it well, I'm hoping that we could also have chances to interact. So, um, you know, for me, the best part about Lunar New Year is that I'm usually the MC, and as I'm talking, no one's really listening, and everyone's walking around the um, in the restaurant. They're talking to each other. They're greeting old friends. They're greeting new friends, um, and that's the best part about it. It's about those connections. So we're really hoping to be able to provide those opportunities during the um, live, you know, sort of Lunar New Year, much like we do on here, where we get to chat and check in. So I'm hoping that will be a big part of it because you know that really is what makes it special. Those connections and. Yeah, so I'm hoping people can join us. It's Thursday evening at 7 p.m., you know, live on Zoom like we all live. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, it's interesting that you say that, Tina, because yes, how many banquets, how many galas have we been there? Oh my God, Charlotte and, and Kirsten and Rana. I'm Linda and Jenny and Allie, right? Everybody's talking and the poor MC is standing at the podium and they're trying to get everybody to sit down or they're trying to introduce the next guest. And you're right. 
And then we kind of realize, oh, I guess that was kind of rude. <laughs> um, but it's interesting now when you're on Zoom, when you're doing a virtual or WebEx, right? Everybody's just kind of sitting there. And, you know, unless you kind of get that kind of, unless you, well, Rana, you do your girl thing. I'm, I'm sure every then everybody's talking over each other, right? And you're like, <laughs> mute, mute, mute. But uh, no, it's all... It's all very interesting. I think we need to have a talk sometime too about like Zoom protocol or like the whole protocol of this and kind of thing. I think we're very civil. There's never any shouting or talking. And then I usually say, okay, go ahead, Robin. I know you're itching because <laughs> you're putting up your hand or something like that. But um, Tina, do us a big favor. Can you write in the chat box uh, the website and all the information for the uh, Chinese Lunar New Year, and I'm so happy. You know what? It's it's nice to celebrate something, uh, and hopefully, the last month of winter. But I guess I'm I'm hopefully wishing. But I'm gonna switch gears now and talk about laughter. Um, you know, and before I go to Ali, we'll go to Robin. The whole medicinal, I think, uh, outlook of laughter, and what it does to you mentally and physically. Just how good is laughter for you? Um, well, obviously, I enjoy a good laugh. So personally, for me, it's fabulous. Like, I'm always looking for a good laugh, and I'm doing stupid things so people can laugh at me too. But I think, um, like, you know, they brought out laughing yoga, right, where people were doing that to, to kind of see if that would help. And I think... I think it does really help. I think being able to actually laugh at ourselves and laugh at situations and laugh at a good meme or joke is essential for mental health. And we, we get caught up in being so serious. Oh, my God, I've got all this work to do or I've got all these Zoom meetings or woo. And um, we, we forget to have some fun. And I think fun is essential for health. Like all sorts of health, not like physical, mental, spiritual, like connection and relationships. I, I just, yeah. So if anyone wants a good laugh, the Fit and Fun videos are all about laughter on YouTube and uh, just, just taking a poke at life, really, I guess. Well, I might have a, I might have a gig for you. Or my friend Allie might have a gig for you. I thought that was a really good segue, Allie. Okay, so Allie, again, invited here for an update on the Upside Down Tree, but then a really cool event. And hey, it's April 22nd. A lot of things could happen, you know, between now and then. And we might just all be able to buy a ticket and be all together, ladies, at this event. So I'm going to let Allie talk about it. But my fingers are crossed. And let's have Robin be, you know, at least uh, the warm-up act. <laughs> Yeah, Robin, if you want to do a skit, by all means, let's just chat later on. Um, thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to see all your faces. I'm really excited about this event as we've all been living in this virtual world. Um, we're trying to do 
the most hands-on kind of virtual event there is. So we want to have some components to it that are, you know, engaging as well. So we're not just sitting there at home like this, following along and laughing at the, at the jokes that come here and there. So uh, what we're going to be doing this year is we really want to showcase six different areas of support, which we are going to be unveiling on April 22nd. So we got the family together, um, Carmen's family. We all sat down together, the kiddos, and they decided on six areas that we'd really, really like to support. Those six areas will be announced um, on April 22nd. I'm sure that you can all guess already that mental health is going to be one of them. Um, so one of those areas, um, supporting them comedy night, usually we raise all of the money and we pick a couple organizations this year, we're doing the six organizations and we're going to do it on an umbrella and we're going to pick six areas that go into it. So it's, it's really a lot more diverse than it has been in the, in the past years. Um, one of the areas is that we are looking at the arts. We want to support the arts. They have been hurt so much over COVID with everything and arts is such a broad term, right? We, we automatically go to um, painting or, or wherever our, our brain goes to when it comes to arts, but we're actually looking at art in all forms. So we're incorporating mixology, we're incorporating um, drinking, like drink making and, and skill stuff that I could never do. Um, we're doing chef plating and really, really neat culinary arts. So the event is going to be virtual, but we're going to be sending out packages to people's homes so that they can follow along, do the mixology, they can do the chef plate, they can have that interactive family um, evening themselves. Uh, it's going to be great. Event tickets will be up on Facebook, on our website, and it'll be available everywhere. So everybody can look at ways to sponsor, um, get involved, as well as um, purchase some tickets and make some really neat drinks, have a couple laughs and have a fun night. So there's going to be that, but there's also some really neat stuff that's led up to that, that I want to announce, especially because I have some wonderful charity ladies on here. Um, we did launch on April 13th, our apply for support. So this is something that is so huge for me. I worked in charity and nonprofit areas for forever. And I know better than anyone else that's securing funding and um, or trying to get a stakeholder that that lasts longer than a program cost or anything like that can be really difficult, um, especially right now. Right now is not a, an easy time to ask for help or ask for monetary donations. So we decided to create a way that people can apply for support online. Understanding that support comes in an array of different ways. So not just funds, but marketing or public speaking training or entrepreneurship or volunteers, or if you have something that um, is dedicated to your registered charity, then we want to be able to support that. We were able to do that with the Sunshine House this year, and we're going to be their entertainment sponsor for their telethon that's happening. So I would encourage everybody here just to check out the website if you do know of a registered charity that's looking for some support whether it be through a program even some marketing stuff some hands-on volunteer check that out it's an amazing opportunity for everybody and um, through that we've been able to kind of really build on it and I think the April 22nd event is going to be kind of our our master display of everything that we've been doing um for, for the whole year. So we were partnered with the, the city in the Winnipeg um, 1 million tree challenge. So we are starting to collect funds. We are starting to raise money through innovative practices, different ways. And we're gonna create our own tree garden here in Winnipeg because um, environment is everything to us and so is legacy. So leaving something behind that's gonna be able to not only sustain and keep our city beautiful, but something for our families and something for people to look after for a long time. So there's a lot of really cool stuff going on. We are going to be launching a podcast that I hope to have every single one of you on eventually. And um, yeah, so if you are wanting to check things out, just keep on our social medias. We're doing really neat monthly themed giveaways that are tied to the six areas of support. So I've already given two away, which are the arts and mental health. So we know that two of those will be tagged to one of the months. But um, 
for this April 22nd event, I think it's going to be beautiful. We were skeptical, as I'm sure everyone else is, when hosting something virtual and what the attendance numbers are going to be like. Are we going to even raise money for charity? Is it going to be something? But, you know, talking with these folks and the people that we're partnering with for it, it's it's been a huge uh, inspiration to see how gung-ho they are about it and how, like, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's make it. Let's make it fun. Let's do some, not only just comedy, but let's make it all about the arts. Let's make it engaging. Let's make it a family experience. So I think that that kind of sets the tone for what we want to do for the, the rest of the year and how we want to help those six areas of support. So definitely keep an eye out. Check it all out. I am so excited myself. I'm not going to lie. Virtual events have me exhausted and I'm not just being biased, but this one is, this one will be fun because we get to make a drink and we get to play it like we can actually do it. So it'll be really, really fun. And hopefully nothing too difficult, Allie. Okay. I don't want to come up with the box that's got a hundred little bottles in it and I got to go, okay. Or I, yeah, I got to remember like either it goes one, yeah. two, three, four or A, B, C, D. Okay. But you know, and I think that is really the way to be engaging because yes. And if you kind of think of it, like even the gala events, you know, that from six till 10, you're sitting on your butt, right? Like you're not going anywhere or you might get up and you go talk to a few people, but um you know, I think these are, I think, are going to be the way, the new wave. Uh, yes. Oh, and hi, Susie. Good to see you. Um, we're just talking about, you know, all of us here have, have sat on boards, have volunteered, and, you know, have, you know, worked for organizations that are dear to our heart, and we do want to make all that money. But, you know, you're going to the same people all the time. I think through Zoom and virtual, you can reach a different kind of audience, and engage a different kind of audience now without like the big having to have the big $500 ticket to pay for. So I think, you know, just being able to see people and, and do something that's interactive. I think it's a bonus and, you know, with your brain and with Carmen's brain and and your team, um, it's a, it's a no brainer, but I think (laughs) fit and fun should be part of the show because um, there, I don't think there'd be anything like it. I don't think there'd be anything like it. But uh, um, again, so Ali, to just put in the chat box all the information for that, and and we'll have you on a little bit yeah, be, before April. April seems seems like such a long time ago, anyways. So and now we can push that. A yeah, bit we'll now. just we'll just push all of this and and get to April. Be great, be great. I'm gonna go to Jenny B though, Jenny looking so bright and sunny. It looks like red and it's hard to tell, right? Because everybody's on different devices, but is it truly red? Um, no, it's actually more of um, a coral. I know it appears red. I'm, I'm so I'm matchy matchy with my coral earrings as well. <laughs> you go girl. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> just, just to see a color instead of black. I know I'm in black. Yeah. But, uh, well, Robin, you look great in blue. <laughs> but anyways, okay. So Jenny B, she's a coffee connoisseur. Um, you can check her out at, on Hugh at Home. Her and L Dawson. Oh my, oh my God, L, meet L. You instantly like fall in love with this guy, and I mean in a in a friendly way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. He is just like a big teddy bear of coffee. But um, you know, again, maybe Jenny, kind of give us a a rundown on what you've been up to, and a little bit about what Jenny B Coffee with Jenny B is all about. All right, I'd love to. Thanks, Tracy. Uh, yeah. So I I've, I've loved coffee since like forever i think as as soon as i was old enough to be able to drink it and i started by drinking 
black coffee in high school at A&W for, um, of all places. And there used to be an A&W on Notre Dame. And so we would go and, you know, we sit in a booth and we'd drink black coffee and eat French fries. Remember the curly fries with the seasoning salt? Yeah, so we, we thought we were so cool. And then I discovered Starbucks. And it was like, oh my God, Starbucks. I loved it so much that I actually, I think about 16 years ago, I worked as a barista, believe it or not. So I was working full-time and then part-time at Starbucks just because, you know, free coffee, Starbucks, I mean, why not? And so I've been a Starbucks gal forever. But what changed was I did a 60 days of 60 coffees last year for my 60th birthday. And so every day for 60 days, I, do, I visited a different coffee shop and I posted on Instagram. And so not just a picture with me holding a coffee cup, but I also talked about the business. I, I tried to find out as much as I could about the business, about the coffee, what I, what I thought about the coffee. And I really wanted to promote the idea of supporting local in Winnipeg and, and talking about all the different cafes. And it was just something I did for myself. But part of my journey is that I discovered this coffee culture in Winnipeg. And it was a coffee culture that I didn't know really existed. I mean, I knew, you know, you've got Fourth and, um, you know, Parlor and, and all these individual little, little coffee shops and cafes, but I truly didn't understand the, the um, passion and the difference and the, the attention to detail that goes into making that perfect cup of coffee. So for instance, when I was at Parlor, I was talking to Alex and they, they, they don't call themselves baristas or staff or employees, they are artists. They are artists because they are creating that coffee masterpiece for you, in other words. So they talk, they talk about, you know, where do the coffee beans come from? So it's not just, I'm gonna order from this, this roaster. There's a lot of research that goes into picking the right type of coffee. How is it roasted? How is it, how is it ground? They have to adjust their grind because where they are located on Main Street, the door um, opens all the time. And so the, the, the atmosphere and I guess the temperature changes. So they always have to adjust the grind to make sure that they are getting you that perfect cup of coffee. And it's talking about the third wave of coffee. So what it is, is first wave is I'm having coffee at home. I brew my own coffee. Second wave is you're going to like a McDonald's or a Tim Hortons. And I'm not disparaging them because my daughter loves <laughs> loves McDonald's and Tim Hortons, hates Starbucks. So every for everybody, it's something a little different. But that third wave, that third wave is that connection to the local roasters, to the farm. Um, one of my friends, uh, Luann, she is uh, owner of Jacked Up Jill, and she posts about the farms that she reaches out to. And lately it's been women-owned uh, coffee, coffee plantations or farms or, or whatever you wanna call them, but it's talking about the process of roasting those coffee beans. And she's actually in the process of herself becoming a master coffee roaster herself. And she's working with Sunstone Roastery in Henningley. So she is on that that path, that journey to really develop her, her own information and knowledge and passion for coffee. And so it just opened up my, 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 my eyes and my brain and my whole soul to what is out there in Winnipeg. And I wanted to share that because 
I get people asking me, so what kind of coffee should I buy? What coffee, what coffee shop should I visit? Asking me and I like, you know, maybe this is an opportunity for me to share that information, to visit all these different cafes, to promote the cafes, to promote sh shopping local. You know, Starbucks is great, but you know what? If I can order coffee beans from, you know, Stone City Roasters in Steinbach or, um, you know, Jacked Up Jill or even um, you know, Harrison's Coffee Company, L. You know, I, I've I've had his coffee and it's it's amazing. And everyone is a little different and every coffee comes with a different story. There's a story. And so it's not just, oh, I'm going to try this coffee. It's I'm going to try this coffee because someone recommended it. I want to support the roaster and, you know, it's supporting local, always, always supporting local. And as Susie's a huge proponent of save Manitoba restaurants and all the rest. So it's like, save the coffee shops, save the cafes, <laughs> support the roasters. And, and that's, that's, that's my whole purpose is connection and community, connection and community. And I want to share my knowledge about coffee with you, but also I want to deepen my own knowledge of coffee as I go on this journey. Yeah, well, you know what, it's, it really is something that I think is so important right now. And as you can see, Jenny is very passionate and you know, she's soon to launch or have you launched your podcast too, Coffee with Jenny B? Not, Not yet. I'm working on it actually. So I'm working on a, a podcast, a YouTube channel and also my blog. Yes. And I think yeah. that's all that's all important and tied in. So um, yeah, so later, anybody with questions on coffee, direct them to Jenny. <laughs> she'll, <laughs> she'll have all the answers. Oh, and this is great. You know, another lady that is doing amazing th things in the city, despite COVID, despite everything else is Maria Valencia. And welcome back, Maria. Carol Kia. Um, like I was saying before, the most amazing underwear ever. Oh, I know, Robin, don't cough. And <laughs> But let's give uh, give us an update. I know now the, the website is launched and, you know, tell us more about Karakia this year. Yes, absolutely. Uh, first, thank you for having me again, Tracy. And uh, nice seeing all of you guys again. Um, so, yeah, like I said, we've been live for two months almost. And um, so the exciting piece is, like I said, we've been restocked uh, with plus sizes. Um, shipping right now has been a little bit of a... It's been really hard uh, getting product, uh, everything. So, so, but we have a full size right now. And the second thing is we're super excited. Actually, we're going to be introducing um, bamboo socks. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. They're <laughs> amazing. Um, again, so um, we've been waiting, actually, for photography. As obviously, um, as the last few days ago, um, We've actually partnered with one of our local photographers who's going to be taking pictures. And as soon as we have something, we're going to be um, posting them on our website. Uh, what else? Uh, it's been very busy two months. Actually, we also launched a new style of women's underwear. Uh, we just uh, posted it a few days ago. It's a control top, again, bamboo material. Um, and it's... Yeah, it's a new style. It sits a little bit higher in your waist and mm -hmm. it's great to wear with pretty much anything like, you know, if you're dressing up or just anything. So, um, yeah, so it's been exciting. Like I said, it's been very busy couple of months. And um, like I said, we've 
been working really hard. It's only, you know, our team really consists of my partner and a couple of other people that have been a huge support. So it's been, it's been a lot of work, but fun and, you know, just getting a word out there, you know, working with our website, it's, and social media, like it's, it's, it's a lot to be online business. So, but it's been fun. So. (laughs) Well, and what has the feedback been too? You know, we see pictures posted, obviously beautiful women, very happy women. Um, I'm sure the product has been, you know, really, really successful in that way for you, Maria. Absolutely. Um, You know, right now, the models that we had, um, obviously all of them got to keep uh, the product and everything. And they just love them. Uh, And we've also been getting amazing feedback also from our customers. One of the hiccups we had, it was getting our survey set up on our website. So we haven't been able to be collecting a lot of feedback from our customers. Um, So, but from everyone that we heard so far, you know, they've been private messaging us saying how much they love the product and how soft it is. Well, you obviously Mm. you had to try them and um, yeah, so it's been incredible. And the support here in Winnipeg, oh my gosh, just amazing. Like, um, yeah, I just like static, as you can see that I'm, I couldn't be happier, like I said. And um, yeah, so the next few months, um, like I said, we're looking into obviously um, just spreading the word and really, you know, uh, getting more exposure um, throughout the rest of the country. Um, and hopefully we're trying to also um, ship to the U.S. as well in the next little bit. So we're working on that right now uh, and see what it takes. Yeah. I, I mean, you had mentioned that, you know, getting the product shipped. So where is it made, Maria? And is there a way maybe potentially you could open up your own factory here and which would be ideal, right? Yes. Uh, You know, when we started actually this um, uh, research on material and everything, one of the, you know, main thing I wanted to do was really, um, it was to offer a sustainable product, Mm -hmm. uh, something that would be biodegradable and bamboo, um, it's obviously it's one of the most sustainable plants out there, but finding the someone to make it here, we did actually search in Canada here to have it made here, but it was first, it was, um, you know, especially in Winnipeg, we did actually approach a couple of uh, people here, but it was hard to, they, they didn't have the machinery to make them seamless. That was one of the things. And also bringing the material was also another factor. So, from a cost value, it would have been really expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we would have, and well, the final thing was we couldn't get it made here, like for the quality that we're looking for, um, not at this point. And it was also um, in the States because of the COVID, we did travel to the States a little bit, but we couldn't land a manufacturer also in the States um, only because of the material that, we were looking for it was you know we wanted something that's jersey bamboo and all of that and uh, yeah um but you know we we're not going to stop right now it is made in china um it is made actually in the northern i think part of china where they specialize in bamboo where it grows naturally yeah. obviously mm-hmm. um so that's where it's we're getting it's getting made right now uh, but right now like i said we're going to continue researching and see if uh you know, in the next few years, we can, you know, our dream will be to get made, you know, especially here in Winnipeg, it'd be amazing. Yeah. yeah. Right. But- well, I know, but somehow, you know, minus 40 degree weather, uh, 
<laughs> six or seven months, eight or whatever, eight months of the year, it doesn't really bode well for growing bamboo or anything, but, yeah. um, but you know what too, uh, I know what I love too, uh, the photos that you post are of, of real women. And I think, you know, your journey and what you went through, you know, previously, I know that you shared your story with us. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was to deal with too, I mean, your, uh, your feelings too, about women and how they see themselves and how they view their body shape for you now, Maria, as like an entrepreneur and, you know, the founder of Carol Kia. Yeah. That must make you feel pretty proud. I would say. Yes, I am. You know, I'm extremely proud of what we can accomplish. And, you know, one thing that I love that I can get through my message is that living with mental health, it's, is, it is debilitating, but you can live with it. You know, and it's, uh, you know, when I do talk to friends and through my volunteer that I, you know, do with is that it's a journey. It's, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's something that you're not going on the side and say, Oh my God, I'm beautiful. Oh, I'm, you know, it, it's, it's a work in progress and there are days that I wake up and it takes a lot, you know, a lot of, a lot of effort. And, um, and it's not always that I'm in, you know, as excited, you know, but, but I have to work for it every single day. And, but, you know, what keeps me going is the fact that, uh, is that I always have something to look forward to. And I, I know that I have the ability and the capability to accomplish things because you know what I've gone through in the last few years getting this product and all the research and all the hard work and all the support you know it is it is doable and um, and it takes you know support from people it takes you owning your own journey uh, for start but there are amazing people out there that you know have helped me to get where I am today. So I am, I'm proud and I'm proud of her, like I said, a little team that we have with Karakia. And to be honest, um, I, you know, it's almost like I'm dreaming. Like, I can't believe that, you know, we launched the website two months ago and it feels in, at times that we've been working on this project forever, <laughs> but it's finally here. And we finally have this amazing product that I know women are going to love. And um, I love to offer, you know, the women that are on the website right now, if they want to go on my website and try them at 50% off, I can put in a code for you all um, to, if you want to try them, I know you guys are going to love them and, uh, and I can personally deliver them to you in the next little bit. So if and anybody's she, interested. And she does. Oh, that's amazing. Maria. Okay. Can you put in the chat box then your website Absolutely. and then ladies sign up put your put your email down um and she will hand deliver them in an amazing little bag all wrapped up um so please take advantage of this i implore you all of you hi natalie <laughs> you logged on on a good time you get to get a get a pair of you know carol kia underwear and I, and you will like them girl i trust me you will like them they're amazing. Oh, sorry. One more thing. Yes. Um, also, I know we've been talking about, I think I mentioned it a while ago, but we're also going to be introducing uh, bamboo uh, period underwear yes. as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're still working on those. It's been, like I said, uh, it's been 
bit challenging finding the right manufacturer, finding the right material and all of that, but we're on the final steps. And so in the next uh, few months, hopefully, uh, we're gonna be able to offer um, period underwear as well. So of course, from extra small to three X. Oh. Okay. No, I'm not. Era. <laughs> Allie's nodding her head. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that leaves me with Rana, Susie. Well, we've got a nice picture of Susie and welcoming Natalie. Okay, so um, and then I'll probably affect all of you ladies, and I want sort of your opinion on everything because it does definitely have a mental health theme. First of all, um, Natalie, thank you very much for coming. Um, I saw, Susie did send me the link, but I did see a post that you did um, a, a week ago, whenever, but it was, it, was, it was like one of those, wow. And, and it was like, wow, I didn't know. And wow, this is still going on. But then, oh my God, what do we do? So I know I'm very cryptic here, ladies. So I am going to let Natalie explain because not that she's any expert, but she's, she did the post and can tell you more. So go ahead, Nat. All right. Yes, I'm not an expert, but I am an expert in myself. <laughs> <laughs> that is for sure. So yeah, in the last, uh, it's Black History Month. So happy Black History Month to all of you. Um, there have been numerous posts about Black History Month events and things like that. And so Black-owned Manitoba, which, lo uh, which lists all of the different organizations and businesses and services and products in Manitoba that are Black-owned, have been receiving some very horrible messages about their, about their posts, right? So they're posting to share. And one person, you know, was extremely you know, had some disgusting language about, you know, why black owned, if it was white owned, the RCMP would come in and, and be upset and all this kind of stuff. It was just really, really horrible. And so what I wrote about or what I posted was that black lives matter always, all day, every day. And it's something that I think people forget that you know, we're going about our day to day all the time and not recognizing that people who have those very thoughts could be standing next to you in the grocery store, six feet away, of course. Um, <laughs> but at the same token, it's, it's still happening. The racism, as much as it's not overt in the States, it is very covert here in Canada, in Winnipeg. And people, um, it was just about more shedding light on this still happens, that I still have to constantly explain why my life matters and so it's about building up that resilience it's about really taking care of your mental health protecting your energy protecting your time protecting your peace um, but this is something that is consistently going on and here we are in 2021 and here we are it's happening in black history month yeah so yeah it was it was just a very emotional uh, post that I had to post. And then of course I did a, a subsequent video about it as well. Um, because 
the the amount of people that were shocked that it's happening or shocked that someone could even say that. Um, and of course, as, as Black women, as Black men, as Black people, we're not always posting those types of messages, right? Because we can't. It's very trauma-inducing. And so those were just two posts of the numerous several messages that, uh, that are received on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And I just wanted to shed light on that and, and let folks know that it's still happening very clearly, very openly, if you will, on social media, very publicly. And it's, it needs to, needs to be, needs to stop. But at the same token, um, no one's going to know about it if we don't share about it. And so that's why I shared it. No. And you gave a, a good, uh, I guess, uh, some advice to those of us that do see this or hear this, that we, you know, either disassociate, cancel, and that's going to take me to another one, or do something, or, or just say, that's wrong. I don't know. Maybe, Susie, you can, you can help us here because you're all, you always have kind of like a good suggestion. Yeah, well, I think it's really important. And the second part of Natalie's message, which is why I wanted to have her here today, um, was that it's incumbent upon everybody else who hears and sees these messages to speak up and say something. Because like she said, this is not this is not their work to do. This is the work of other people, other allies and co-conspirators to do the job, not just with her and not for her, but for the rest of us, because we, we don't want to be living in, in an actively racist society. We need to be taking steps, as we always say on this show, to be actively non-racist, right? And to smash those barriers down when we see them. So, you know, if you are in these, you know, and of course, Facebook groups can be wonderful, but they can also be a cesspool. So I think they attract certain types, you know, depending on what the topics are. And um, it's incumbent on those of us in those situations to say something and to put a stop to it and say, okay, here's why it matters to me because I want to support black owned businesses in my community and give them, you know, voices and help them, you know, make our, make our community better and give us, you know, goods and services that we might not have thought of that we need a, that we need yet, you know, all these reasons why you want to support this community and these people who are living, like Natalie said, living their lives like everybody else and just trying to do their best and to do what they can in a society that is filled with systemic racism and barriers. So we need to take those barriers out of the way, right? As a, as a, as a, as an action for everybody to benefit from eventually. Agreed. And, and just the other part of that was that there is a large Facebook group um, that is supposed to be supporting all Manitoba businesses. And so a black uh, business posted in there and someone commented and said, well, it's irrelevant um, that it's black owned or something like that to that effect. And then the person who actually runs the group says, yeah, I agree. It's irrelevant. And then all of the comments on that post disappeared. And so here we have a group that has over 40,000 people in our city or in, and surrounding that are on this group that can see that post and nothing was, nothing was done, nothing was said. It's just, okay, well, yeah, we don't believe it should be black owned or whatever, or that we should be publicizing that. And then they took the comments down. The post is still there, but the comments were taken down. So right there, shows you. And from that post, so many people messaged me. I think there were a couple of um, individuals who were co 
founders of that particular group that left it because of that individual um, who runs the group now and they're, you know, mis- misogynistic and racist and all these kind of things. And I'm like, but here they have 40,000 people in the city where how do you want to influence people? Yes, you want to support Manitoba businesses, but how do we want to do that with intention, right? And positive intention and, and breaking down those barriers and that's not happening. Yeah, and that and that goes back to you know those echo chambers that exist in those in those kinds of groups, right? Because nobody nobody stood up to say even if there was one person or five or ten people who do believe and understand why this is necessary to say, nobody said anything, right? So that is the challenge: is to to put yourself out there and to put your yourself on the line to take that stand and to say something publicly. Yes, it's scary. Yes, it's challenging, but we have to do that in this in this time and in this space it is so needed right now because maybe if one person had said something five people would have said you know what yes i've shopped there it's amazing and yes here's why it matters you know all of these things snowball into other opportunities for learning and for education so i find it so sad and so frustrating like Natalie said, that we're having this conversation in 2021 during black history month why people still don't get why this matters so can we start it here? Look at, I am looking at all of you wonderful people. I mean, Susie, you've said it, but even if we do one action, I don't know. I mean, it, it, ha- it has to stop. Like, and I don't know what that is going to look like. Natalie too, I mean, we talk about social media influencers, but I guess the influencers, <laughs> I guess they have their, their own agendas, their own opinions too. Um, I mean, I, it's uh, and you know I mean a lot of us here are of color uh, and so you know we've all felt the whatevers and and I mean but when I meet all of you women we're all the same we we all have a heart we all have a brain I mean we all have you know family and loved ones or you know have shared experiences so does that make me different than you or lesser than you? Um, it's just a real tough conversation. So now it does play a lot on mental health. And, you know, we're going to go to our family experts now, (laughs) Charlotte and Kirsten. Um, Yeah, and okay, yes, you're white. Yes. (laughs) And, and, And Kirsten has said too, yes, you know, maybe privileged, and I'll use the P word, and I feel privileged too. I certainly am privileged. I'm not denying that. But um, empathy, um, you know, humility, uh, respect, um, the list goes on and on, love. They're all the same, regardless of what color your skin is. But I mean, how do, how do we kind of even approach it on a family sense, right? You know, with your kids, because, hey, we're leaving this to our children. And if we're going to leave it like this, it's a pretty bad mess. <laughs> you know what? I'll, like, okay, I'll yeah, go you can make first. A just coffee. yeah. <laughs> go, Kirsten. Go, um, Kirsten. Well, you know, it's, uh, first of all, what a, I have to say, what a missed opportunity to have an audience of forty thousand. That's where my head goes. What a missed opportunity, right? Um, but I, I, this is this is such a such a prominent um, uh, issue that just keeps 
uh, rearing its head and and I'm not sure what, um, as far as speaking with, with family, I think our conversations in our home have just naturally evolved because they've just always been there. But uh, what I do want to share is, you know, I, I follow someone who used to live in Winnipeg on Instagram and uh, she has four beautiful little children and she's come to a ton of my fitness classes. And I've been struggling with some of the things that she's posted. And I have to share this because this came up this morning and I'll put it out to the group on how, 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 like, do I take it upon myself to actually address something and, and say something, or is that just trying to fix stupid in a, in a text? I don't know, but uh, this is the post that was put on this morning. Um, justice means getting what you deserve without favor. Social justice means getting what you don't deserve because you are favored. And this is someone who I never thought would have this type of thinking or this type of dialect going on within her family. And, and, um, but, um, yeah, it, it breaks my heart that, that we see this over and over again. It breaks my heart that there's missed opportunity and it's, it's, it's sitting with me in a place of, am, am I missing this opportunity to actually like, like, like connect and say something to this individual that, um, um, I spent a lot of time with for years. Uh, do I act? Do I not? Um, I, I'm going to put that out to the group. That's where my head goes. Does it, when you first read it, did it, did what, what was your gut feel when you first read that? Are you fucking kidding me? Sorry. I swore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm That's sorry. So That's where my head went. Yeah. And again, it's, it's that whole, am I protecting my energy or do I now call this person in? And I don't, I don't say call out. I say call in because we have an opportunity to ask questions. So to me, it'd be like, what does she mean by social justice? What does she actually mean by this? I'm curious, right? Like I would just approach it with some curiosity to just really seek to understand what did she really mean by this? Then when she tells me that, and if it's, if it's still like, oh my God, then there's some other decisions to make. But I think from just that post and because social media is so very volatile right now, mm -hmm. so many things going on in the mob mentality and cancel culture and all these kind of things. I think that initial discussion, because it's someone you know, because you have familiarity, because you can take that time to ask that question, be curious, see what she has to say. Once she does tell you what it is and if it's still offside, from your perspective, then you have, like I said, another decision to make if that's something you want to continue or it's just like, okay, I see, I see who you are now. Thanks. And my, my and favorite way, my favorite phrase is I'm confused about what this means. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Then, then just you, curious. Like, let's... Then you really have to explain it. Right. And so she has to go into detail about what her thought process was as she understood this to mean. And it's like, okay, so, but, but you, and I, I, I use you rhetorically here. But in that situation, she and you or anybody who's not, you know, of color or black has the opportunity to walk away from that and not live with the consequences of what that actually means. So yeah. that that's the difficult part, too, is that it's not a part of her lived experience. So she can just read this quote and go, oh, that sounds good, you know, kind of thing. And, and I had um, a lady that I knew for like 11 years. And she posted something about how um, if you didn't do illegal things, you wouldn't get stopped by the cops. And I basically said to her, I'm sorry, what is that supposed to mean? And I asked her to explain it to me. 
And as she explained, I said, so we had this whole discussion and she still did not understand or, re or refused to understand that other people have not had that experience at all. And it was so upsetting to me. And then of course, other things came out and came along with that. And it was just so, again, so you go through the, the work, as Natalie would say, to now get this person to explain what they meant. Now I have to explain what history and lived experience has told other people and she's still clueless. So do I need to preserve my energy or do I need to actually call that in, right? In the end, in the end of the day, at the end of the day, I had to block this person because she was not willing to open up her perspective and understand that her lived experience is not everybody else's lived experience, that she benefits from the color of her skin as do her children. And not every parent and child has that opportunity, unfortunately. You know, first of all, Natalie, thank you for sharing. Uh, um, I, I'm gonna take action as you suggested. And as always, Susie, I'm not going to swear because I swear too much when I get, um, but you just, you, you, you explained it very well and, um, and you got me thinking and I think I know how I'm going to move forward with this. Uh, I have a plan. So um, thank you. Yay. And Kristen, though, I, I, want, I, I totally appreciate what you're saying. And I think you should swear if you really want to, because why not? <laughs> Sometimes it really drives home a point, but yeah. I think it's also it's also an, uh, an opportunity, a chance for, for you and people who have that privilege to understand how much work goes yeah. into explaining your, your own existence to other people. I think that's really uh, troubling, problematic for people who are just living, like Natalie said, living their lives, raising their children, going to work, doing their jobs, having to explain how their existence is offensive to other people that is mind-blowing to me so you you realize even just through this this small conversation interaction we're having how much work that could be to actually say this to that person and have that conversation now imagine that doing that 20 times a day every single day since you can remember right yeah 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 can i can i just say thank you for that conversation and i must admit i've teared up and i don't I don't have it about the colour of my skin, but I have it about, like, who I am and how I present. Because people look at me and go, oh, why don't you just look like a girl? Well, I'm transgender. That's why I don't look like a girl, you fools. And it is that piece, isn't it? Like, God, I'm tearing up about always having to justify who you are. And it sucks. Mm -hmm. And if we can make a small change... Like just one, like one conversation can change a lot. So I get not everyone has the energy to do it, but just ask those questions. Be curious about why, what people mean and why they came to that conversation. Because sometimes I've had those conversations where something's happened for someone that's led them to a particular path. And then you, if you've got the energy, you can have a different conversation. But I know it's not the same because I have privilege with being white. It's not the same, but it's, it's, it's a different kind of struggle, Robin, for sure. And having people question your reality, right? It's just like, well, that didn't really happen to you or they didn't mean that. And it's just like, but I, but I lived this. It actually happened to me. And you can't, you can't explain how it happened to me when it happened to me, right? So yeah, yeah, Robin. Yeah, 
I would just like, oh, sorry, Robin, go ahead. Um, I was just going to say um, on a smaller scale, um, I've experienced discrimination for being older. You know, I'm, I'm 61 years old and I, it, it's there. It's like you're, you're invisible. You're invisible and you're not deemed as being valued because of your age or how you look. And again, it's not, it's on a smaller scale, but yet I feel it in a different way. And, and I'm white and I consider myself privileged as well. Nodding, I don't, I can't even imagine what Natalie goes through or Susie or, or Robin or any of us on a, on a daily basis. But, you know, it, I think at, at its core, uh, it's, I don't know if it's a lack of, res lack of respect or just a lack of, seeing each other and you mentioned it uh tracy that we're all humans we all have a heart we all are basic human beings and we should be all treating each other like basic human beings yeah well and i think too i mean again i mean just being female period right how many times have we explain have to explain ourselves i mean now take me to rana i mean <laughs> you know um we talked about it you you're your time in politics as a political leader and everything that you had to go through and how many times did you have to tell your story and how many times did you have to try to prove yourself and, and to no avail? I mean, mm. not yeah, anywhere I mean, near the social media that we have today, but <clears throat> it was there. Yeah, and I think I just want to start, and I, and I appreciate everyone's comments and, and Natalie, I love you to pieces always. I, I'm always watching you and um, and Susie, you're always on point, and Kristen and Robin and, and, and Jenny, I, I get it. Like, I think we all have a really important um, play, a really important piece of a conversation to be had. Um, but just in terms of like, you know, this is what I've kind of come to after that five years of misery and just being attacked every single day, literally for just existing. It's not my problem. But the issue is other people. Like, y'all fix yourself. You know what I mean? I'm cool being who I was. So that's where I've kind of come to at this point in my life after going through that. So for me, I actually do not give people the credit of, oh, I didn't know. Oh, how could this be? I'm just not there. I've lived it too much. And I just don't give people that benefit of the doubt anymore. Sorry. Like, I think that that's a big problem for me. I feel like uh, you know, at times, how is it that you do not know the words that are coming out of your mouth are overtly racist? And then playing, oh, well, I didn't know and your comment hurt my feelings. Like the fragile egos, the, the privilege, like just, you know, get over it. You know, there's a group of people who are no longer accepting it. Okay, so whether they're black, whether they're brown, whether they're um, list any any of the, the the people of color who are, who can visibly deal with that on a daily basis, I just don't think we have to deal with it anymore. For me, it's not about canceling, it's not about calling out, it's just about saying here are the facts. You know, I'm not making it up. These are factual historic events. Either you can comprehend your own history, or or you can't. And if you can't, there's another world for you. You could probably go there. I just don't feel like we should take it upon us to start teaching the world something that you can Google. Yeah. Amen. Like, I'm not, I, all I, of that. 
I'm not doing it. I'm just, yeah. I, I refuse to. So that's um, kind of, that's kind of why I like that phrase. I'm confused. Cause then it yeah. really gives them the opportunity for the cell phone. It's just like, I'm going to really make you explain to other people here how ignorant you are. And you can use your own words and whatever it is that you yeah. can get through this conversation, but you're going to explain to other people in this public forum, exactly how you got to that ignorant point of view. And then I can walk back and just go, okay, so you really are that ignorant. Thank you. Yeah. So I just want to just an, another kind of point. So I just want to touch on that point. I do not believe, and I will say it till the end of time, that it is people of colors, no matter who you are, or, you know, any, 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 any diversity. It's not our place to defend ourselves at this point. People know, y'all know the conversation is public. You're doing it intentionally. You're trying to take a shot and then you want to run away when everybody comes after you and then be upset that you got canceled. You know what? No problem. You do your thing. The thing about women, though, this is a really important part of it. Okay, so, you know, I talk about intersectional intersectionality on a day to day basis. Um, and I had, you know, people who watched my forum and I've been on a few of them lately. Um, I think that this becomes when we're talking about uh, women in leadership or women in politics or women business owners. Um, you know what? I, it's really important because people will start throwing around the words like feminist. Okay, like, oh, she's just a feminist and blah, blah, blah. Um, I want to start to really define the difference between no, like white feminism, middle class white feminism versus intersectionality. Those are very different things. That lived experience is not my lived experience. Okay, so and, and I think we're having these issues when it comes to women in leadership um, simply because the expectation is, oh, you know, everyone go break the glass ceiling. Well, yeah, yeah. If you look a certain way, it's simply just a glass ceiling, right? But if you look a different way, it's your religion, it's your color, it's your gender, uh, it's the blah, 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 blah. It's like all those social, socially, you know, social constructs that are kind of compounded to make you who you are. So I, I that's always my issue when we're talking about females and leadership and um, I'm, I'm not, like, I just won't shut up about that because when people say break the glass ceiling, it makes me cringe. It, it actually makes me cringe. No, no. Works for a certain group of people. For other people, it's a whole different battle. And I don't fit into this box and I'm not going to like join this box. So let's start to define this other box. <laughs> Give it a little bit of credibility, you know, like let's, let's make these experiences a bit more valid as well. So that's my rant about that. Hi. <laughs> Hi, I'm Rana. Welcome to my TED Talk. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, Maria, Ali, any thoughts? Yeah, you know what? This like this conversation, I'm just sitting here going preach in the background, like everything that you guys are all saying. But um, for me, I actually had a, um, I've been selected as a delegate for, uh, it's called Daughters of the Vote Equal Voice Canada. Oh. And um, over the weekend, we did anti-oppression and anti-racism training, which is mandatory for all of the delegates in order to even step foot in the program, which one, I really appreciated. But two, it also brought a ton of really, really rich dialogue and really important dialogue. And so these women are from all across Canada. Some of them are staying in different places. Some of them are in the UK right now because they're doing school and then they'll head back because it is going to be a virtual event this year. But nonetheless, the conversations that we had were 
so rich and they left me with so much thought. They left me with more than I wanted to say afterwards than, than I did have to say then. And that's typically how it goes. But I was talking with a lot of really, really wonderful women who are um, leaders in their community, who are leaders in, um, you know, using BIPOC voices and bringing them to a platform and, and reconciliation. And these women said to me, and it's basically what I'm taking away from this entire conversation is that as the person of color, and I believe it's Audre Lorde who said these words, but it's not our duty to educate our oppressors, right? And that is what it really comes down to. And I couldn't, I'm engulfed in Audre Lorde right now just because my school and my reading, but I couldn't agree more. And this kind of, this conversation really sums all of that up. It really sums all of that up is, is not the duty of the oppressed to educate their oppressor. It is not. So that comes back into what Susie's always saying is, no, you need to stand up. And as somebody who is not facing those things, you need to be there for them, stand in front of it, right? And I actually use Susie's um, talk at some other talk that I did, I, I brought up how we need to stand in front of them and we need to be person that's not just behind them or beside them, but taking it for them. And I've been using that quite a bit. And the feedback that I have received is that, yes, that is the approach that we do need to take. So um, I couldn't stress more how valuable these kind of conversations are. I hate that it has to be during this month. I hate that it has to still be happening. I'm sure just as much as all of us do, but um, you know, I'm glad that they are happening and I'm glad that call in culture is here. And I'm, I'm really very also mindful and, and proud to see that people are putting their mental health um, into consideration when dealing with these things because it, it is taxing right and in, in any platform you do put yourself out there or even just trying to defend yourself it's like what am I doing trying to lose my own spoons defending who I am as a person I have nothing to prove I have nothing to prove so I'm really glad that that's been taken into consideration but um, one other thing I just want to touch on and we already kind of touched on intersectionality but for intersectionality I always tell people that we often will and I believe you said it as well Jenny like you brought up age you know, age, there's so many different pieces, age, class, race, gender, everything that goes into it. I tell people not to be too hard on themselves when they are hurting due to discrimination, because you can drown in six cups of water, but you can also drown in six feet of water and your pain is just as valuable as other people. That's where intersectionality comes in. So we must be gentle with ourselves, but we also must take action. So those are kind of my thoughts on it. And um, I'm really happy to have this rich conversation with you all because it just sums up everything that's been floating around in my head since I've had that talk. Love it, Allie. Love it. And I just yeah. want to remind everyone that there's no such thing as cancel culture. It's accountability. Thank you. That's my okay. TED talk. Thank you. <laughs> I, that way I was going to ask that. I mean, yeah, no, there's no such thing as cancel culture. I'm sorry. If you lose your platform and your means of making money and means of being employed because of holding racist, misogynistic, and otherwise um, violent beliefs, wow, I guess you need to take a look at your beliefs. Because if people don't want to pay you for those kinds of values, I guess those values don't hold any worth. So that's called accountability. Very good. Okay, answer to my question. Maria, any last thoughts? Well, I think, you know, when, when you guys were saying that I've, you know, microaggression is something that I know too well. Um, and I remember the first time someone asked me, and I was stunned by it because I didn't even know what to answer. Somebody asked me, what are you? And I just stood there. Like, I didn't understand what it meant because nobody had ever asked me that. So I'm like, I, I, you know, they thought I was probably didn't understand English. I'm like, sorry. And like, what's your background? I'm like, oh, and I was like, oh, that's, you know, so that goes to show, you know, that sometimes it's um, like, I didn't even know what to answer to that when somebody asked me that. So, and 
ever since that, I've been asked that a few times, so like, what are you? So, you know, going back to your guy, everyone saying is, I think it's standing up for, for yourself. And now, you know, when somebody asks me that, um, I usually don't answer them you know, I'm this, I'm like, you shouldn't be asking that, you know, you just, what, you, what am I, an animal? Like, you know, so just really standing up and correcting people by, you know, just making them aware how that's perceived from the other end. And I think just also using different platforms and asking people, holding them accountable for what they're asking us. Because I mean, you know, if we're brought up in a place where we have a privilege, it's hard to put yourself in someone else's position. And so now, you know, with what I do now is I use my voice, you know, like people with disability, uh, people, you know, gender, women, everything. Like if I hear something, I'll stand up for that person or I'll say something to correct them. And I don't really care if I'm going to hurt their feelings because obviously they don't care by, you know, by what they're doing. Right. So it's really, I think it's standing up for yourself. And I think the more we all do it and uh, the more, and I, it's, like you said, it's not even creating awareness anymore because I think there's so much information now. There's so many influencers and there's so many, you know, like Natalie, who's educating people. So now it's like you either choose to educate yourself and learn about it and develop some empathy or you choose not to and continue being ignorant. So um, I think it's important that we use this type of platform to just have those hard conversations uh, and really, you know, talk about it. Because I think racism or it, it's something that often is not discussed because we think we're going to hurt somebody, but it needs to be brought up. It needs to be talked about more, uh, how it affects everybody, regardless, like I said, because it does, you know, age, people with age, people, people with disabilities, uh, everything, like it's... It's um, you think that by now we will be in a better place, right? With everything that's we've gone through with our history, but unfortunately, it's not. It there's still a, um, actions that need to be taken. So, yeah, I'll stop here. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. And I know Charlotte, we didn't hear from you. Can I add one thing? Oh, I, yes. yes. You know what? I, I've just been listening to everybody's words and, uh, you know, the values when Susie talks about the values. And I, I just i am going to tell a quick story. I, I was raised um, down south in the aftermath of uh, the assassination of Martin Luther King in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, my parents are Canadian. Um, so they had we had moved down there. And uh, I used to sit, tell the story that it was our Canadian values that... Um, really embraced Black Lives Matter growing up in Memphis. And it was really more my dad's values. He was the charge in that. And he really held those beliefs and educated us in storytelling of the importance of Black Lives Matters. And this was in the 70s and I was a, a young child. Um, and I'm just, I'm really, I mean, he's passed away and he was a real character, but um, those messages are so important what he instilled in both my brother and I. Um, my brother still lives down south, and I know he continues with those lessons that my dad taught him and I, because it was a different world growing up down there. Racism was so prevalent, and we were questioning, you know, what our friends, our family, friends, like their families were doing, which was just so against what we, our belief system, and I'm proud that my, both my parents held strong in where they chose to believe and also 
it was, I guess the cancel culture was that all of a sudden we didn't have those friends anymore. And my dad would say, well, you know, they didn't have the, the, the beliefs that we are, we hold true in our family. And uh, yeah, just having lots of memories right now. And, um, and that's the importance is adding that to our values and our family that black lives matter and, um, and starting, you know, my kids are, are older, but, you know, continuing that, you know, with our grandchildren and, you know, future generations and, and keeping those messages alive and well. So that's my take on today. No, it's true. I mean, the family stories and the stories, right? We're everyone is a storyteller. Everybody has stories. And I think we just need to listen to them because we don't anymore. We just talk, talk and not listen. So thank you, all of you. This has been really amazing. It's so good to see you, Natalie, again. You know, don't be a stranger anytime, girl. Come here. Thank you so much. Yvette, yes. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Yes. And Ronna, everybody. Jenny, <laughs> Maria, so good to see you. And uh, Charlotte, as always. And Allie, too. Don't be a stranger. Allie, actually, we would love an update from after uh, when, uh, Daughters of the Vote. When is that? March, isn't it? Uh yeah, it's March. So it's for them. It'll be March 5th and then going up to International Women's Day. So up to the 8th. So I will be representing okay. Kildonan to St. Paul. Oh, wow. Okay. So we would love an update. Okay. So every Tuesday. Oh, yes. Ladies, think about who we would like to have on for in celebrating International Women's Day. Of course, all of you. But yeah. So let me know. Okay. And have a wonderful Tuesday. Enjoy the warmer weather. By Monday, it'll be plus three. Not <laughs> minus 40. Okay. okay. Thanks everyone for the amazing yes. conversation. Much appreciated. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Bye. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of ilikeyou.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.